Welcome to Rick Radio's Community News Desk podcast, episode 13. I'm Jennifer Gannon. On today's podcast, I'll, we'll be talking to Sophie Gregg and Emer Simmons about the Ricky's Youth Exchange programme that she was on in Sweden a few years ago and is now taking place again this year in Greece. I'm joined now by Philip Murphy, who is here from St. Pat's Rowing Club. Uh, you're very welcome. Thanks very much. And for anybody that doesn't know, can you get, well, they should know, but can you give us a brief history or a history of the club itself? Yeah, I can. Well, I'm now the chairman of the club, and um, but I just recently taken over from Richard Saunders, who I wanted him to do this, <laughs> <laughs> but he, he didn't. And Richie was uh, the chairman of the club for a long, long time, and he done a brilliant job getting the club to where it is today. But going back to wait, the first question you ask, um, Yeah, the club was started in 1936, and uh, but it was actually started in 35, so there's debate about that. Um, but the first regatta was 36, I think. So, But as soon as you go on radio or anything like that in Ringsend or any places like Ringsend, you better get your facts straight because... <laughs> Someone will call you. Somebody will pull you up on it. So no matter what I say, don't start pulling me up on this. <laughs> you can. You see <laughs> him in the street took, say it to him. It took about... Three months to get someone to come down to do this. And so from 1936 onwards, the club kicked off. And um, in them days, they used to race for money. Um, and they were attached to... Oh, someone's going to pull me up on this as well. And they were attached to Irish Amateur Rowing Association. Um, my own father rode then, and lots of other people from Ringsend rode. And they built a, a club down in... Um, What's it? Pembroke Cottages down there, at the back of Pembroke Cottages. And they worked from there, and it's still there. Um, and then over the years, they kind of, during coming into the 60s, late 60s and that, uh, they lost the club because the, 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 the actual rowing club sort of fell by the wayside a little bit. And um, they let the scouts, first part scouts use it for a while. And then when they got it back in the 70s, late 70s, um, we use it now as a workshop. And then when the Eastling Bridge was built, we got a, a new premises on the river down there at the end of Toncastle Street. And we've been there ever since. And we've put a few extensions and bits and pieces on it ever since. I could start mentioning names, who to thank and all that, but that could take a long time. <laughs> that could be like your Oscar speech. Um, yeah. Like for you yourself, I mean, what is it about Rowan, do you think that is like helps the community itself? What is it about that that gives such a community spirit? Well, our type of rowing is I don't know who this is going out to, but as for anyone who doesn't know what type of rowing we do, we do a traditional rowing to the east coast of Ireland. And um, what it comes from, it comes from piloting ships. Back in the day, <clears throat> I'm not going to give a date because somebody will slap me with this one as well. Uh, back in the day, uh, when Dublin Bay was a real open bay, like if you can imagine, um, no pool bag wall, no north wall. Um, when it was just when the tide went out, it was just one big pile of sand, and the ships couldn't come in. So uh, the rowers used to row out to try to get the job of piloting the ships back in, 
and um, and get the jobs of unloading the ships. Uh, but that all went by the wayside when the Poolbeg Wall was built and the North Wall was built and there was a channel dug on its own by... Uh, so the, what the... The, the rowers and the pilotters, for want of a better word, uh, d disappeared because you could come in to the bay or into the harbour here at low tide then, so they could come in any time. But <clears throat> this is not unusual to, uh, this type of thing is not unusual to the east coast of Ireland. It's kind of all around Ireland and all around places like Cornwall and places mm. like that, the same thing. In Cornwall, they have a thing called the pilot gig and what they, they would have a boat similar to our boat and they would bring the pilot out in the bow of the boat. The bow is the front. For anyone who doesn't know what that is. <laughs> who needs a reminder? <laughs> yeah. And uh, and drop the pilot on board and they had something similar. And when they stopped doing that, they started racing clubs. And same here in, in Ireland, we racing clubs were started. And uh, uh, an organisation was formed called the East Coast Council. That's still going. I'm on the East Coast Council. And... There's two clubs in Ringsend, Stella Maris and ourselves, St. Patrick's. And um, we have good competition against each other and a lot of rivalry. But I was going to ask you about that. What yeah, is that like, the rivalry between the two clubs? Ah, look, that's the way it is. It, that's uh, uh, the way it is. It does rivalry. I like to, personally, I like to think that the rivalry ends on the river, but it should. And that's just my opinion. It doesn't always, but it should. Mm. Uh, and when you're on the river, you're on the river. But um, the type of sport that it is, is... I was asked to explain once, to, to, it was an article in the Herald, uh, what's the difference between um, the Olympic type boats and air type boats? Well, it's it, basically on a really nice summer's day, all the clubs up the river, commercial um, and Neptune and Trinity College and UCD and the Garda Boat Club, and uh, they can come down the river and they probably get as far as G-Slink Bridge, but they wouldn't go any further because firstly it gets too, a little bit too rough for them and they wouldn't know how to work down at the down around the docks and the ships and all that sort of stuff. Uh, whereas we can start at the East Link and go to Wales and we have done a few times. So basically that's the type of boat they are. They're a sea boat, but we're on a river, but they're a sea boat. Mm. And what do you get out of it yourself then personally? What What is it about it? That Grief, <laughs> heartache. <laughs> tiredness <laughs> I'm trying to name all the, now they're all the negatives I, look I, I've been rowing since I was 13 I actually started rowing and I didn't know my father was in the club I didn't even know and um, my father was in a, a crew called the Morphys there's a lot of them in it and they were pretty good crew as far as I know um, but I started when I was around 13 and I kind of finished rowing there about 3 or 4 years ago and I'm not going to give you my age now <laughs> everybody knows anyway but um, so I was wrong for about 50 years which is in any sport that's pretty good a long uh, time so what I try to tell any the, 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 the parents coming down with their kids or anything like that I said the adventure of getting into a boat is incredible and going out in the water now I know we're on the river but uh, but when you get out to sea or anything like that the adventure is incredible we were only out there last Sunday up in Drogheda on Cloggerhead Beach it was a race from Cloggerhead Beach into the Boyne and it was I coxed the crew and we had two crews in it and we came first and second in their category. Um but it was fantastic. And that 
buzz is always there when you get into a boat and you can see it you can see it in kids you can see it in adults you're out in the water there's four people and we can only make that boat go and and that's what and you're dependent on each other and that's yeah, yeah. It, the quicker it goes the better you are the quicker it goes you know <laughs> and for you now you're starting the new season so this is coming up now is it or yeah 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 well the new season's starting and um i've seen a bit of a fall off with with numbers and that i don't know whether covid has made people mm. lazy or they found other things to do or they're busy at work at home or i don't really know we're actually at the putting out a call out today last night actually about you know there's lots of people on our whatsapp group and say what are you doing come on get back down and i've spoken to a few other clubs and i don't think they're any different so there's a bit of a fall off with the rowing but it's it's kicking off and hopefully Hopefully when it does kick off uh, and the, the season kind of starts in full, what realistically it should be starting in full now, uh, that it'll, it, it'll, it'll pick up again. So the first regatta is at the end of May, the 28th, I think. Yeah, the 28th. And that's in Docky, but it's actually in Sandy Cove, but they run it out, they run it out of Sandy Cove, Docky do now. The Docky can't run it from where they are in Collymore Harbour because... Uh, the tide is too strong. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty strong out there. Yeah. But that's what's, you know, that's what's great. But the great thing about coastal rowing is, and our type of rowing is East Coast rowing, is um, that you, there could be a, a top crew in, in a category in a, or in a class, and if they get a bad mark, well, all of a sudden they're level with everybody else. And, and that's, I always tell everybody, you know, oh, God, we got a terrible mark today. The wind was really strong out there. And it's like, look, that's coastal rowing. Mm. You know, and that, that's the thing. It's like so unpredictable in a yeah. way. Like that's yeah. you can't you can only prepare for so much in that way. Exactly. Yeah. You know, you, there might be ten boats in a race, and you get number ten, and you think you're over in the in Hollyhead, and you're coming back with duty free. You're so far out, you know. <laughs> but uh, that's an old joke. Any further <laughs> out here, we we'll be getting duty free out here. You know, uh, but but that's that's. In one sense, I'm going to say that's the beauty of coastal rowing. You know? mm. Whereas the Olympic type rowing is set up so that there's no, there's none of that. It, it's completely fair. But then, as I say that, I wouldn't say that whatever, what we do is unfair. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But look, that's that's what it is. It, look, coastal rowing is bigger than, as we would say, river rowers. It's, right. We have bigger amount of people than river rowers. Yeah. And in the past couple of years now, Rowing Ireland are are are, are starting to co- come into our our type of rowing a little bit because ah, there's a lot of reasons. We that's a, that's that's another, a whole that's another, another story. podcast. Yeah, <laughs> that's your own podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and like for you now, you're saying that you're trying to get people back into it or get people to join. And what ages can they start at? Well, in the past couple of years, we well in the past, say, I don't know. 10 years, maybe 12, 15 years, we've been having under 12s. Okay. And that's been going really well. And they people say that the under 12s race is the best race of the day. It's so good. They're so competitive and it's over. And then they get out of the boats and they shake hands with each other. And we kind of, we're trying to promote that now that they, they'll come along and shake hands with each other. And, and that's just the way it is. But it's a real tough competition. But we're getting some under 10s now. And... As much as uh, it's brilliant to have it, but you've got to be really careful with the under 10s, yeah. you know. And um, 
Is that what you asked me? I was asking, yeah, just at what age would you, like, if people wanted, were interested in what age, do you think it's appropriate maybe for them to come down? Yeah, well, some of the under 10s that come down would be, would more than likely be the, the the children of the the, the, of the parents yeah. in the club, and they they would know a little bit bit, bit rowing already, mm. you know. Uh, and then there's some big under tens and some small under tens, and if there we had small under tens, they wouldn't fit in the boat, so they'd be they get hurt in the boat, yeah. you know. So so it depends. But basically, under twelves is really the number. And for older, can older people like is it okay for yeah. them to join up at any time then? Yeah, if they're interested, yeah. At uh, about five, six years ago, we introduced a novice race, and it seems to have attracted older people. Yeah. Now, when you say older people, I don't know what. Well, no, I meant what, older I than, like, let's about. say, like, as in if they're like older than the kids doing the races, like, I mean, yeah. they wanted to join up for fitness level, because I think, <laughs> you know, rowing wise, I think everybody knows, like, how good it is for fitness wise. So if they wanted to, had an interest in joining. Yeah. Well, yeah. As I say, we started this novice. Uh, thing and it seems to have attracted all older people like mm. guys 35 upwards mm. and that, you know um, it's only when you start competing you realise sometimes you realise oh, oh I'm a bit old for this <laughs> you know? uh, I never I I think the, the, the novice race is one of the hardest races out there mm. because they're so competitive it's tough you know it's their time the to show time, off yeah yeah and then hopefully the, the idea for that was hopefully to get people to move into the the, the bigger categories then after that but um that seems to be happening but a bit slowly but the novice race is probably one of the biggest races of the day like a big race to us would have nine boats and maybe 10 the novice race could have 14 maybe wow. 15 you know yeah and men and women as so mm. so much so that i think it only kicked off with just novice and then we had to have men and women which is great like yeah it had to split them up because there's so many mm. But as um, just to go, on, we're the seventeen categories in our in our in our race card, you know, which is a lot. Yeah. So we leave now the clubhouse there. I say it again, down the end of Tarncastle Street. <laughs> uh, we leave the clubhouse there at eight o'clock in the morning. We don't get back till seven or eight at evening, you know. Yeah. On Sundays, long. and that's a long day. Yeah. You know. But it's a long day, and it's a it's a worth a while day though. At the same time. Yeah, if you're hanging around all day though, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and for like just to wrap things up for the All Ireland Championships, that's coming up as well, or are you? Well, the All Ireland, yeah, uh, has come up, um, comes up every year. Um, Funnily enough. <laughs> yeah, as it happens. <laughs> but um, how do you know about the All Ireland? Oh. A little bird to tell me. All right. <laughs> a little Sam bird who's waving at us now. <laughs> All right. That's Dylan Clayton. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the Earl Ireland was introduced a good few years back. And what happened there was, um, I don't want to get too political, but I'm going to say it anyway. Go on. <laughs> You're amongst friends. It's yeah. a safe space. Uh, well, what happened was, the, all the clubs from around the coast, there's a lot of clubs around the coast of Ireland, a lot and a few different federations. We have one federation, which is called East Coast Council, and then there's a couple down in Cork, and then a couple of federations over in Kerry, and there's one up in Donegal, down to Galway. And um, <clears throat> we were all rowing different type of boats. There's a, there's a good federation down in Wexford, and we were all rowing different types of boats and racing each other, and, and um, then they said, look, why don't we get a standard type boat? And... So a few boats were introduced, and at the time, the Cork lads had the biggest amount of people rowing. 
and they got the choice of boat and the choice of boat that they got suited them down to the ground and the second it was picked they got rid of all their traditional boats they stopped rowing them and we started we kept on rowing our our traditional boats so when it came around to the all ireland which is two weeks after our last regatta we were trying to jump into the the the, uh, the one design boat that everyone rose at the all ireland and we couldn't make head nor tail of it really it wasn't we didn't have enough time and we would have had to get rid of our own traditional um boats and and row on the property so over the years we fell by the wayside with the all ireland and now the all ireland the, the whole gang have split up into two different fractions and um rowing ireland have half a, and uh irish coastal rowing federation have the other half irish coastal rowing federation were the original people and our allegiance goes to the Irish Coastal Rowing Federation because I think they have more, they have they have more, they have more time for us, for mm. our traditional boats. They have more time for us. That's the way I say. It. Now it goes deeper than that, <laughs> but we don't have the time. But that's a sequel. We can get you back in at some stage for part two. But thanks so much, Philip, for coming in and talking to us today. That was great. And now you're getting rid of me. That's okay, we're, we're sailing off. <laughs> okay, thanks very much. Thanks a million. Right, see you. Come and join us at our retro cafe open weekdays from 10 until 2 here in the community centre. Come and check out our Karen's culinary delights. I'm joined now by Sophie Gregg and Emer Simmons. You're very welcome. And you're here to talk about the Ricky's Erasmus programme, which was is the youth exchange programme. And Sophie, you yourself went on an exchange in 2017. Is that right? I did. Yeah, we went to um, Sweden with Ricky's. It was the first youth exchange in Ricky's at the time. Um, yeah, we had loads of fun. And what kind of, so basically for anybody that doesn't know with the Erasmus, like you're going to a different country and then the people that you're staying with, they actually end up coming over to yourselves. Is that right? Yeah. So it usually ends up you do like two youth exchanges. So they will come over to you and you will go over to them or whatever. And like, I know when we went to Sweden, they came over to us first. Okay. Our youth exchange wasn't so much Erasmus. It was more just a like independent youth exchange. Like we raised all the money. To mm. ourselves to go um, but they had come over to us in the March and then we fundraised up until the last week in September and we went over a Halloween Amazing and what was it like there What like Sweden everybody says it's absolutely beautiful oh, It's amazing no it's gorgeous um, the streets are so clean and like everybody's just lovely and just a completely different life over there mm. like it was great to see um, as my friend said when she went everybody is so good looking over there that you actually <laughs> feel like a run you don't look anybody in the face <laughs> man or woman or child <laughs> but where did you go did you go in the were you in the city you weren't in Gothenburg or were yeah, you? yeah we went to Gothenburg yeah yeah and how long did you stay for then Five days, I think. Yeah. I think it was five days. And then when you, so what kind of, like, did you see any massive kind of weird cultural differences or anything like that, did you think? The only kind of different, well, not only, but one of them was they do like a a break in between the day for like eating. And now I could not remember for the life of me what it's called, but they do a fika. Is a fika? Oh, yeah. Kind of like a siesta. In, yeah, yeah, it's like they do, Um, they have like a break for food mm. during the day. So it's like a little kind of snack. And do you go to a cafe or it's just, no, you just have it there with you or no? It depends what you want. I think we went, it's usually like cinnamon rolls or like that kind of stuff. Like I know one time we had it, we went to the youth worker's house and we had them. And then other times we just stayed in the youth centre. 
And how many is, was it that went over all together then? There was supposed to be five of us and then two youth workers, but one of the girls couldn't go. So it ended up just being four of us and two youth workers. And do you still, like, uh, did you kind of, you know, get together with people as in, like, find friendships there or what was it like? Was it? Yeah, like, we, when they came over to us, now they were a little bit older. Mm. So we were 14, um, yeah, like 14, 15 at the time, and they were about 18. 19 I think but like it was a bit awkward at first but then kind of the last couple of days they were here we started like being good friends and stuff yeah and then when we went over there it was so easy just to like talk to all of them and like it was grand so yeah that's the thing I think like because a lot of people maybe might be nervous like in saying that traveling to a completely different country and then you know I mean you have people with you obviously like it's safe and everything but just the fact that you might feel a little bit apprehensive about it like that you know you get used to it you get into it and they're feeling the same as well I suppose exactly yeah Yeah. and that's the good thing about having both sides of it because I think everybody's delighted when you think about going away like you're just like yeah get me out of here (laughs) but also you have to think about the other side of it like as in you're going to be hosting them as well so to put that kind of thought into it and did you find that difficult at all when they came over here it was just more a little bit awkward at the start I think because we weren't really telling much about it at the start um and then we went down to a place called Oakwood and it's like a little kind of house, you worker house, I don't know. Um, and it was just a little bit awkward. Then we done kind of cultural things, so like Irish culture. Mm. And then it kind of just started getting really normal. Yeah. And like, it was grand, like. And it's a good, like, do you think it's like a good opportunity then just to experience something completely different when you, you know, you're traveling over there? Yeah, 100%. I think everybody should. Yeah. And like, that's the main thing, I think, Emer, that you'd probably say about promoting this is just the fact that you get to experience a different way of life or... Yeah, no, we'd always promote um, young people to travel and I suppose it's a gateway and it's a great opportunity and also um, from taking part you get a youth pass which is brilliant to go on your CV like it's kind of like, you know, like the Goshka Award it's just another kind of thing to show that you've taken part in and committed to a youth exchange um, so the upcoming one now we have in June is Greece so there is 12 young people aged between 17 and I think 20 and then three staff um, we're going to Florina in Greece so yeah we're very excited about that we're going in June and then the Greek group will come over here in August so it's going to be fun packed that's going to be intense like we were doing all our travel thing and like we do stopovers and all so <laughs> it's going to be great team building as well yeah because, you know it's not going to be like a relaxing holiday do you know when we, we're pretty clear with the young people about that that it's not like you're not going here for a holiday although there is aspects that you can relax but there will be workshops and you will be there's certain expectations that you kind of get involved like so that they integrate with the other group get mm. to know them um, so yeah we're looking forward to that like we've done as Sophie said the first one was Sweden um, and that wasn't actually funded through Erasmus they did that independently which was great which is like, amazing yeah. whereas this one we actually got the Erasmus funding which is brilliant so the young people only have to make a contribution of 50 euro so it's an unbelievable experience and everything else is covered through the Erasmus Plus programme um, we also did a little mini exchange to Liverpool there a few years ago as well, pre-pandemic. Um, we brought, uh, There's a partner we have in Liverpool that I knew from my previous job um, and we brought over and they have like a state-of-the-art youth service over there. It's unbelievable. It's like it's gas when you compare the difference yeah. in funding and like you know, their building, like it was like a centre, like basically our community centre was wow. their youth service alone. Get um, the finger out, government. Hello. <laughs> 
know. But uh, yeah, but then obviously there's like, serious problems, social behaviours for young people over there. So it's it's nice to, you know, meet other youth workers from mm. who would have different styles. Like a lot in England, it wouldn't be professional. Like a lot of it be voluntary, and um, a lot be funded through churches and stuff. So it's really interesting to kind of compare, um, how different uh, the countries is, like yeah. and how they value youth work and what ways they operate youth work. And then like you're learning from each other as well, I suppose, because like you're saying, you're getting to know like a different way of life and maybe like you feel like you're closer to people now with social media and social networking that you can just kind of, you know, bimble around on TikTok and you can see someone in Italy or someone in Australia or someone in Sweden. But there's nothing like actually going there for real and and talking to these people and and knowing and understanding where they're coming from, I suppose. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, so we're looking forward to Greece. And like, <laughs> so is there still, there's not, is there still places available on this or no? Uh, no, is, I think no, it's this full, is full at the minute. Yeah, we were, we were advertising there recently, um, but a few people came forward. So we're kind of full now. Um, and I think, yeah, we have a good group. It's a good going, group. So yeah. um, we're looking forward to a nice mix. And yeah, it's a great opportunity for people that age. Like, uh, yeah. you know, sometimes you do with younger people, but it's nice to give, um, especially like, young people who are bringing the likes of Sophie and I who've been in the youth service for years. So it's nice to give them the opportunity because obviously with COVID, like we were supposed to go to Sweden, I think. And then that fell through. And there was another trip to Liverpool, but because mm. of COVID that didn't mm. happen so like it's like finally you know literally because obviously all this stopped with COVID so um, Erasmus Plus and everything was put on hold Yeah. so it's great now that we're back and able to do it again and then I mean like it really does help experience wise I think as well like if you're going if you're in college or going to college there are Erasmus programs available in college so if you've already yeah. done one outside of that you know what to expect and you probably want to have that fear anymore then they kind of have a little bit more confidence yeah I think you get used to it kind of like because obviously because we've done it through the youth centre if like we were to do it through college I suppose you wouldn't be as nervous and you'd be like you have that experience kind of in it so it sets you up do you mm. know what I mean like it gives you that little boost that maybe other people wouldn't have Exactly. And then you're not going to Spain and ordering chicken and chips for your <laughs> holidays. <laughs> but yeah, no, so that's it. So I mean, like, we'll, it'll be coming around again, I suppose, like just for people to keep their eye on it if they want to get involved in Ricky's or anything like that. Like just to know that that's something that's out there and that's an opportunity that for people. Definitely, yeah. We're yeah. hoping that this will set the precinct and that can, it can be something that we do kind of every year. Do you know what I mean? So for other younger people coming through the service that hopefully if they kind of stay involved and stay committed, they'll get these opportunities opportunities as well hop on the next one yeah exactly brilliant <laughs> thanks a million for coming in and chatting thanks to us thanks Jim that's all for this week my thanks to our guests Sophie Gregg Emer Simmons and Philip Murphy and as always thanks to Dylan on Sound if you want to contact us our email address is rickradio2020 at gmail.com that's R-I-C-C radio 2020 at gmail.com and if you are promoting anything just to be aware give us about two weeks lead in time because this is a podcast it's not a live show uh, so that's it from myself Jennifer Gannon goodbye and take care and we'll talk to you next week bye